The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook. Use promo code RTRS. Brought to you by Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. Get yours at bigbarker.com slash Ricky. And the official sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter, which comes out tomorrow, Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. Get yours at statesidevodka.com. On the show today, we will do a little stay or go like Sixers Adam did with the Sixers Free Agents. Um, Ben Simmons' brother likes some tweets that were talking about Joel Embiid. Tobias Harris's trade value comes up in the mailbag. And another fallen member of the process. Oh, and uh, another good mailbag question about Ben Simmons' trades that never happened, that were rumored. Before we get going, as I said, the Corner 3 newsletter comes out on Thursdays, which is tomorrow. It is written by Alonzo, and you can subscribe at rightstrickysanchez.com slash newsletter. It is sponsored by Stateside Urban Craft Vodka from Philly. That's right, the best vodka and also the Stateside Vodka Sodas. 90 calories, only fruit juice and vodka and a little bit of carbonation in there. All natural flavors, no added sugar, no artificial flavors, gluten-free, kosher, all that. You got to be 21. Get a party pack now. I recommend it, especially in this heat at uh, statesidevodka.com. Got to be 21. Without any further ado, Amos and the chef. Welcome to the Right Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who has B-Ball Paul all over his chest, back, and butt. That is Mike Levin. Yep. All three body parts that yep. I highlight as often as possible. My chest, my back, and my butt. And my B-Ball Paul. I'm wearing a B-Ball Paul button-down shirt, a little T, button-down. Yep. Showing the arms, moving it around. And I got some yep. uh, short shorts, also B-Ball Paul. They seem b-ball Paul like blue coats style b-ball call, which I like. I like that it's like, well, I didn't play for the Sixers that much, but you know me from my time as a G League MVP. So, right. There we go. Well, I would like to thank that I was, I got them as well. I am on the road today. And so I don't have my b-ball Paul, even though I, fuck, I was going to wear it. I would like to thank the listeners. So, b-ball Paul sells it through that site power forward i think it's called so which allows players to sell their their own stuff and they have the b-ball paul short shorts and shirt set and i'd like to thank the listener so i got a i think it was an instagram dm and the instagram dm said hey what's yours and mike addresses we want to send you the b-ball paul shirt and shorts so i was like 
okay, sure. So I gave Mike's address and my address and he responded back, great. It looks like it's a pre-order. It'll be a while. And I was like, wait a minute, you don't work for the place? He's like, no, no, no. I just want to thank you guys for all you do. So he spent $200 in people fall clothes for us. Yeah. The lesson of the story is that you can just ask Spike for his and my home address. He won't vet it at all. And he'll just won't even really ask me if it's okay. He'll just be like, here it is. Well, anybody you want. Well, you left. You're not even there anymore. I did. I moved maybe because of the B-Ball Paul breakage and security that we got here. But I did. I did leave that apartment behind finally. It was worth it. You got the B-Ball Paul clothes. You got got a new place. So come on. Win, 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 win. All right. So as we go through the one question I had before we get to free agents, Daryl Morey is famous for not drafting anyone, right? For trading all of his draft picks. We the the last those last few years in Houston for sure. Yeah. Right. So we what's it called? Like we normally do a lot of draft preparation, which I assume we'll still do some of. We normally do the draft night show, which if you want to not wait till the end of the draft to do that show, I'm I'm perfectly willing to do that. But are we going to are we going to do as much draft preparation as we normally do just because it's fun? And I mean, there's not that much else. I I don't know. I would say yes. And because it's one of the only things I care about. And I think that will be necessary to reinvigorate me in this team again. Um, the, mm. the promise of youth in the future, I yeah. think, will, will get me back because I am, I'm not there. I'm still not there. I haven't felt a thing about the Sixers in weeks. Someone, I, I saw a picture of Korkmaz with a stay or go, and I f- almost felt something, and then that feeling went away. Even wearing a full body b-ball Paul suit, it feels like I, f- I have feelings for those individuals, but as a, right. as a Sixers entity, I'm just not, I'm still in nihilist mourning. So we are live right now on YouTube and Twitch and Twitter as well. If you have any questions, CJ will get them. And if there's any good ones, we'll do them later in the chat. Of course, you can always donate to our charities through the YouTube supers. And we love supporting Providence Animal Center and Coded by Kids. So the free agents yeah. that the Sixers have, and I forgot... Gary Clark is on the Sixers too, right? Um, oh, yeah. If I forgot about huge, him. Huge Gary Clark guy. So what I, what I wanted to do is just go through each guy, talk about potential value to the team, potential market value, and whether we think they will be back. First one being Danny Green, who you know obviously is not as quick as he was or as athletic did lead the league in corner threes was a is a you can play him with basically any lineup in the NBA and until he any lineup on the team until he got hurt at the end he was incredibly durable he he played a lot of minutes this year i i would lean toward keeping Danny Green specifically because he's already on the team and it it's more it's easier cap wise to keep him, but he made 15 million. I think this year, I think like a two year, $20 million deal is probably what he gets somewhere. I I would imagine. What do you think on Danny? Yeah, I think they should absolutely sign him to something letting, they're just not in a position where they can let guys walk for nothing. And so even if they ultimately trade him either mid season or next season, if it's a multi-year contract, I think that you just, you can't let him go. It seems like he wants to be here. He shot over 40% from three, which obviously is the Hollis line. 
Um, he was mostly very solid on defense, except for a few high prominent roastings of faster guards. Um, and he's like beloved on this team and was, you could feel his absence when they left, when he left. And obviously other teams have similar absences and overcome them, but it's, it's definitely not, uh, not a secret that the team was just worse without Danny and certainly less composed without Danny. Uh, even though Danny is. 98% 98% of the time, the most composed player on the team and 2% the least composed player in basketball history. Uh, but I love him for it and I, I respect it. Uh, so I would, yeah, 220 sounds good. I think it might be higher just because he had a good season. Um, and maybe coming off an injury, you you could get a little bit of a deal or because it's the second year, you could get a bit, bit of a deal. And maybe this is Danny's like retirement contract. But I think there's probably a team out there that would love to overpay for Danny for one year. Um, and if, they, if he gets another 15 million, I think, I think there's a chance that he would go unless he wants to, you know, he feels like a part of this team and he really wants to make it work here. And, and if they give him those two years, I think, I think it's possible. Yeah. The, what's it called? The, uh, and it also becomes a tradable contract. As Very well, tradable. Whatever, just like George Hill. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever that name is. Um, Next one is Dwight, which is is super super complicated. If Ben's here, the obvious answer is no. If Ben's not here, I don't think the obvious answer is no. I you know they got him at league minimum. He's you know if if you have guards on the team and you're not you're not trying to shoehorn Simmons in as a guard, I think it becomes a lot more a uh, lot more more difficult or a lot easier if you have actual guards on the team. So that would be my, my position on that one. So, you know, so I totally disagree. I, he was definitely good, good for a, a large chunk of the regular season, but mm-hmm. I just think you have to consider, you have to game plan every single thing for the playoffs, which is what Milwaukee did this season after being the best team in the regular season and then f- flunking out in the playoffs two years in a row. You have to consider what are we going to do when Joel Embiid is not playing? And what you have to do is not play the same way. You cannot play backup, give backup minutes to somebody doing like a 40% impression of what Joel is doing. You have to show different looks at guys. And Dwight just being immobile on the perimeter, not as much of a shot blocking threat as he used to be. He's going to keep getting worse at rebounding in big moments. He got people jump out, jumped him a bunch of times. You have to be able to say, okay, when Joel's on the court, he's so good at defense. He's so good at anchoring the defense that we can roll with him in this, whether it's drop coverage, the occasional stunt, the occasional switch when he, when he's like really engaged and needs it in the game, like end of game situation, whatever. But when he's not out there, whether Ben is here or not, like they just can't play that same defense. And if I'm Daryl Morey, I know that if I signed Dwight Howard to another contract this year, even at a league minimum, which is obviously very fair value for what he gets you, he Doc's going to play him. Like Doc will refuse to not play maybe, Dwight Howard in any minutes. Maybe you got to get rid of Doc. Maybe, but yeah. they're not going to get rid of Doc. So it's yeah. like I you got to like tie his hands and not allow that possibility to exist. You need a stretch five option, especially if Ben is here, but I would say even, even if he's not, you need a stretch five option that's a really capable and willing shooter from the perimeter because Tobias, I mean, think about Tobias lineups. Like you want a guy, you want some lane for Tobias to drive and do his mid range and post up and have a threat to be 
uh, to have somebody to kick it out to. And defensively, you just need they need to play different defense. They need to show some switching ability because they have those guys, and they just need a center that is not such a load that is not getting so beat off the dribble or or so caught in between on pick and rolls and stuff. It, it just so it just can't happen. Dwight was good for most of the regular season. Was mostly very. Uh, pleasant experience with the uh, as far as the teammate goes, but like he just can't he can't be here. He can't. He can't. Cannot. The Rice and Ricky Sanchez podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm checking the odds after last night's game. Of course, Phoenix wins the first game, going away. They are now a minus three forty five favorite to win the series. Bucks are plus two seventy, and Chris Paul is minus one forty three to win MVP. What a fucking story if Chris Paul wins finals MVP, honestly. Um, And I still like Giannis at plus 600 to win MVP. I don't think he's going to win MVP, but if it's still double the odds of like, you know, the, the bucks are, are plus three forty five. If the bucks win the finals, Giannis is going to be MVP. So I think those, those odds are good. DraftKings is the only sports book you need. It is safe, secure, reliable. You withdraw when you want. You deposit when you want. It is a great app. That's why it's a top-rated app in the Apple Store. And right now, as, as long as the basketball playoffs are going on, if you are a new user, bet a dollar, win $100 in site credits if your team wins. A dollar for a hundred bucks in site credits. Download the app now. Use promo code RTRS when you sign up to turn a dollar into a hundred dollars in site credits. Bet on the team of your choice to win the next game. And if you win, you get a hundred dollars in site credits. Promo code RTRS for a limited time. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply in partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, you've been saying for months, years maybe, that Furkan Korkmaz is going to get a $12 million contract. He's not going to get a $12 million contract. My guess is he gets two years $12 million somewhere. I still think there's a chance he ends up on the Sixers. I think, I think it's possible he ends up on the Sixers. He certainly yeah. wouldn't get $12 million from the Sixers. Um, no. He years. might get more if they don't re-sign Danny. Um, yeah, I think, I think 6 million a year is the low end of what Cork Miles could get. If he gets six, if he gets two years, 12 million, I would not be surprised. I think 12 million is per year is the high end, but I, I legitimately think it's possible. He's, he's big. He has some ball creation abilities. He's improved on defense. He's a really good shooter and shoots it high. Like, I just think he's going to keep getting better. And I think shooting is so much at a premium that I think somebody's going to give it to him. I, I straight up do. I think it's going to be in the 10 to 12 million range. Maybe 12 is certainly the high end of it. I don't think it's going to be more than 12, but uh, I believe in it. I believe in somebody pulling the trigger because he's good. There was some, I, I, this is not a stat I'm pulling out, but someone was like, hey, his real value, some stat that I'm going to cherry pick said, like his real value is actually like 12.3 million or something like that uh, based on this season. So I'm like, I, I have no, I don't remember where I saw the tweet and uh, I don't care. So, that, but that is to me what is true. I agree with it wholeheartedly. All my support behind that tweet that I don't remember. So made up yeah. tweet. Yeah, it'd be it'd be it'd be. He's great. I love Korkmaz. Um, sweet guy, big feet. Best moment of his life was shooting a game winner. That was great. Uh, and baffling Josh Richardson. But I don't think he's going to be here anymore. I think somebody's going to give him more money than the Sixers are comfortable with. He is not going to get twelve million. Uh, Anthony Tolliver, if he's still alive, I would say no. Well, he's got. 
uh, an option for next year. Oh, so great. they gave him a three million. So that's Daryl doing some trickery to be able to trade that contract. So yep. I think there's a good chance he's here for the season, and then gets traded midseason um, if it doesn't work out. But I think I think him him having a roster spot at the beginning of the season would not would not surprise me. So they can keep the it, it keep the salary to move. It would surprise me. They could sign somebody else to a three million dollar contract. They can always sign people to minimums. Sure. You know? So yeah. uh, George Hill is an option which they will pick up because, um, and I think, I think maybe they have until they have sep- till September to pick up George Hill or something like that. They George Hill is a ten million dollar option. It's tradable, and even if you don't trade it, he's. You would assume that with a full off season and playing here, that he would be more consistent than he was here so but definitely for the the option and for the ability to trade a non-guaranteed contract they they they're definitely going to uh they're definitely going to trade that 10 million dollar contract so they will pick up that option yeah no reason not to he's usually pretty good he's old but like he's good to have especially like it's good to have a uh a veteran guard to just sort of like roll with maxi and just be in his ear and be playing and it just it seems like they have a nice dynamic i i wish george hill was better because he's exactly the kind of player i like and if he was 29 or 30 i'd be just thrilled about george hill being here he just doesn't have as much burst as he used to but that is the the kind of player that would just be very nice um but he was you know sometimes he was good in the playoffs especially in the hawk series he was pretty horrible uh, especially offensively. So bummer, but I think he'll be here and hopefully have a chance to redeem himself. Mike Scott will not be here, but uh, would like would like to take the time to not only pay tribute to a guy who fucking loved it here and was cool to us and everybody he interacted with. Yeah. But and and just really like a fun, like got it. Got it. D- dove right into all of this. Yeah. But uh yeah, like and and was was good for the first couple of years, but the, the biggest shocker I think to all of us is that he made it to the end of the contract on the Sixers. Yeah, just an unbelievable performance. We, no one would have ever guessed it. No one, no one believed he could do it, and here he is, right at the end. So thank you, and Mike. Just, Scott. And kept almost getting moved enough to uh, send Zainab to refill her medication over and over again. Right. Um, yeah. But I respect him hanging on and staying, and he did love it here, and he was just seemed like a guy that everybody liked, and he was very cool to us. And I'm bummed for him and for us that he didn't wear the Ricky Hockey jersey to the finals because they never got to the finals. Um, maybe he wears it somewhere if he else. The finals with another team. That'd be yeah. cool. I would like yeah. that. I would endorse that. Um, but I hope he. I hope Mike gets another contract. It would be a bummer if his career. Uh, ended or if he had to go play overseas or something like that i would he seems like a really great locker room guy and um someone will be able to use him as a small ball five that works for some reason it doesn't happen in philadelphia but somebody would will get like a year or half a year or a month where mike scott small ball five is like tearing teams up and now mike talks for 22 minutes about gary clark and rajon tucker <laughs> uh i i you know i look i love gary clark i do think gary clark has more defensive potential than mike scott does or did um he's longer than you expect he's physical in the post he's got good instincts steal and block rate was always high at cincinnati i believe in gary clark being he, he has to get a become a better shooter he's a willing shooter so he has to be uh just 
take a bunch of shots. But I think as a small ball five option, I would I would say the Sixers should try to go sign somebody. The Sixers should try to draft somebody that that is like a, a straight up small a straight up stretch five. But B ball Paul, who is on my chest and back and ass, and Gary Clark should absolutely be in the mix of Doc Rivers saying, go try to win the backup center job. Like, go try to win it. Like, see what you can do, see what you can earn minutes, and come into camp and try to earn it. Because Gary Clark played for a time, played real minutes on those Rockets teams with Harden, and I would like to see him uh, get hot and get better and and be able to be a weapon as a, as a, as a backup five. Uh, Ray John Tucker, man, I took a beating for... Zaire not working out and I hope that he still does because he's still like 11 years old and uh, recovering from one of the craziest stories in sports. Um, everybody brings up the Sixers trade and the, Z- and the Zaire trade watching the Suns and Mikhail Bridges, which is just a bummer because like, first of all, we got a first round pick out of it also, which helped us get to bias well, regardless of whether or not that was a good trade. Andrew Unterberger yeah. is is beyond it, but it, it was an, it was moving back eight spots to get a future first round pick, which if so Mikael trade for a star, that, so that's for a star, were. exactly. And if you know, I will hate Doug Collins forever for trading a future first round pick to get Arnett Moultrie at twenty seven. So uh, if Arnett Moultrie was good, I would still be like, yeah, but that was a dumbass trade because um, at twenty seven you don't trade that. So I think it was still like process wise, I think it was fine. Um, even though I, I had Mikhail higher than Zaire and I love Mikhail and I always have, uh, getting that first was a big deal. But anyway, Rajon is the raw and angrier and with a little bit more ball skills and worse defense Zaire that I was uh, hoping for. So I, I think you give Rajon Tucker as much time as possible to at least like be fun dunk guy as, a, as an undersized combo guard, see if he can work on his like lock up defensive intensity, be a, be somewhat of a role player who can attack a closeout, create a little bit. His assist numbers at in Delaware were pretty good. Uh, he can do some stuff. He can get to the rim. He can do some stuff. And he's an incredible dunker, especially in pregame warmups, just like ridiculous. Uh, so he should at least make a dunk contest. And I would give him, if, you know, I would try to find a way to let Rajon Tucker either be a two-way again or make the team because... The, you can't teach athleticism like that. And if there's something special in there, it would be nice to have it. Yeah, I, he's an incredible dunker, and he's, he seems to be playing 140% all the time. Yeah. I I completely endorse that. Yeah, so. just like lock him in the film room and mm-hmm. like di- get him a little bit more disciplined as a, as a role-playing basketball player. Two things. I, again, I, I do in retrospect, endorse the the idea behind that trade. They were trying to get a star, even though they they what they did with the money, you, you, what they did with the the, okay. the value, you can't yeah. the pick, you, you can't talk about. It. And the other thing is like, it would be great to have Bridges. I think Bridges was number two or one on my big board or something insanely that year. He was a perfect guy, but he's not he's not the difference on on this team. You know, like this is you know, people people look at Bridges playing and they look at the Sixers failing. The Sixers didn't fail because they didn't have Mikel Bridges. Um, it would be nice to have him on the team, of course, but that that's not what the downfall of the uh, of of the last few years is. It's not the the Bridges trade, I don't think. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's it's very not. good. The thing the thing about Mikel and watching the Suns play, just to talk about the series for a second, is like they just play so fast. 
and make such fast decisions. Yeah. And they have, they have, su- Monty Lewis is a great coach and they have such, the, 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 the confusing part about the Sixers is when they run sets and know what they're going to do, it a lot of the time works and they're an efficient offense. What so often doesn't work is when they have to sort of improvise and things break down and there's no movement and no one knows where they're supposed to be. That's when having a lack of a perimeter ball handler that could just go get you a shot. I mean, you saw how many times Maxi did that for this team, but like nobody else did. It's just like guys standing there. And so what Phoenix is impressive, obviously they have Chris Paul and Devin Booker, but they also have guys that just like move and cut and like make things happen quickly. They play with such pace and the Sixers because of Embiid, because of Tobias, because of Simmons in the half court and the lack of many other ball handlers, they just don't play with that level of pace and quick decision-making. So Mikhail does, even though he's not a great ball handler yet, he does, he does know when to get the ball out of his hands and he's still a threat to shoot in a way that Matisse isn't. Um, so I hope that going forward, the Sixers borrow some of that. Obviously you're not going to be that guy with, with Embiid as the cornerstone of your team, but when he's not on the court, having those options to play like that, I think is really important in today's NBA. I, I too would like the Sixers to get two of the best guards in the league to, to make their offense better in the playoffs. That would be fantastic. Yeah, I mean, like you know, playoff basketball. Like you, you even see the 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 Bucks, the Bucks as they've they've progressed. Giannis has become less of a focal point offensively, yep. to his credit, and the focal points have become Middleton and Drew Holiday. And really, just the the end of the day of this series is that Chris Paul and Devin Booker are better than Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. You know, at at doing those things. So the the Suns are a, a great team to watch. And I've mentioned before, they somehow play really good defense without gumming up the game. Somehow, it's it's not ugly. They they. They play really good defense, and yeah. uh, and they're a good team to watch for sure. And I would say it's more than just that they're better. They, it, I really would give credit to like they play hard and together. Aiden Aiden rolls every single time, very hard and with purpose. And Mikhail cuts, and Cam Johnson moves, and J, uh, Jay Crowder cuts and moves, and is willing to shoot. And campaign plays his ass off. Like there is more than just like well, they have the better players, so they should win. Like they're really well coached. They have a ton of sets that they run, and like little wrinkles in there. And those guys play together on both ends of the court in a way that the Sixers a lot of the time just didn't a lot of sometimes they did. And when they were flying, it was like, oh, wow, this is that's what we believed in or I believed in that. Like when they're at their best, they they could be that, but they just weren't at their best as much as Phoenix was. And Phoenix is just like they have so many levels of ways they can beat you, whether it's just Chris Paul or Devin Booker doing their thing in ISO or in pick and roll or like getting out and moving it and swing and, and force the defense into rotation. I agree with all of those things. I just think that when you have those players who are able to do that with the ball, it makes all of those things easier. Of course. I would say, you know, so uh, the rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by the official law firm of the process, Cornblow and Cornblow. Here's a great email we got. I'm not going to read the name. Spike and Mike, if it wasn't for this podcast, I wouldn't have considered Adam Cornblow when my wife and son were in an accident several years ago. We're in the Lehigh Valley, not exactly Cornblow's backyard, but he was up here in two shakes of a Milton to guide us through our very own process. He's responsive, educated on the nuances of legal proceedings, and was always willing to talk Sixers. Seriously, he's a busy dude, but would giddily discuss the team at any moment. Uh, as a token of appreciation, I've donated $100 to Providence Animal Center. All the best, and here's to Ben Simmons 
Hammond's corpse, delivering us a cache of assets to relive the old and seemingly more fun days. So great to hear a success story from Kornblau and Kornblau, Kornblau and Kornblau, the premier boutique personal injury law firm in the Delaware Valley, not just a referral service, actually going to take you through the process as you just heard. Been there for 40 years, gets great results, and you always get a cornblow when you call or email. Uh, any kind of personal injury, injured at work, car accidents, slip and fall, medical malpractice, cornblow. If you think you might have a case, give them a call, shoot them an email, it doesn't cost you anything. 215-576-7200. Ask for Adam or email cornblow at cornblow and cornblow.com. Cornblow and cornblow, the official law firm of the process. It's been a while, actually, no. Before we do Jigsaw, we might as well talk about the finals. So Suns go up 1-0. I, I think we all, everyone listening, you, me, want to send our love to Dario, who's like on some level the original, like Mike Scott somehow, just in the universal love for the guy and really fucking loved it here. And boy, he hated it in Minnesota. Really yeah. hated it in Minnesota. I'm so glad he got traded to a team that, found a spot for him that he loved, that he succeeded at, and just just miserable to see him go down that way. And it, as soon as I saw the injury, you know, you see non-contact knee injuries. It's like, oh, boy, here we go. So tearing yeah. his ACL out for the season, a bummer. But uh, hoping Dario still gets a ring, but but really sad. Just wanted to send our love to Dario. So sad. Yeah. That's, it's awful. Um, yeah. Just the guy that plays his ass off and turned himself into – a backup five and can't and made and re, really remade his body into being able to like withstand that kind of punishment. And mm-hmm. he creates sometimes he doesn't clumpy flump as much as he used to, but like stretches the floor, passes screens, moves, like just does what it takes. And it's, it's really cool, man. I, I'm, I'm, I've been really happy for Dario that he was on this team and, and playing with like a bunch of great players and, and being a, a different look than Deandre Ayton so that they, they can play differently when he's on the court. And it just sucks and that, he's, that he's out. That's to your point way. about change, I, I don't know if people remember when he got here, you could tell by what he wanted to do that he wanted to do, he wanted to be a central part of transition offense. You know, like Dario wanted to, Dario came from a place where he was a central part of the offense that way. And remaking him into a small ball five sounds it, it sounds like like it makes sense because you see how he plays, but when you think about where he came from and that adjustment, it was a pretty big adjustment, you know. So I, he's he's really I think he's bought in a lot. Actually. Yeah, his first pr- couple professional seasons, either before right before they drafted him or or right around that time, he was like a horrible free throw shooter, like in the fifties or sixties, something like low sixties, and now he's and, and didn't have an outside shot, and mm-hmm. now he's like a reliable outside shooter. And, uh, you know, it's just a bummer. It's cool. I, I love, I love Dara that he's, that he's there. I think someone's going to, someone's going to give him a contract and, and let him rehab and, and be a valuable part of the team. But it's, uh, it's tough. It would have been cool to see him win a ring and be like very excited about it. But obviously I always hope they still win, but poor guy. Suns go up 1-0. I still think it probably goes six, but like everybody else, I still think the Suns are going to win. Um, I, it is a... It'll be, it was really cool to see Chris Paul at the end of the Western Conference Finals, like yeah. the hug of Monty Williams, which I thought was cool, just for him to persevere to this. You think they win this series, right? I mean, I probably do. I, so I have family in Phoenix. My, 
uh, sister and brother-in-law and nephews. And so they're, they're all excited. And my dad's already like calling it for them, but it, it Milwaukee's good and they're good mm-hmm. in different kinds of ways. And, and they do, they are capable of adjusting. Um, and I think if Giannis gets healthy over the course of the series and Drew starts hitting shots, they Milwaukee has made it to the finals without really getting hot from three very often. And I, I do think they missed DiVincenzo. Um, but I, there's a lot of young guys on Phoenix that haven't been there before. Not that Milwaukee has a ton of a ton of experience at this level of playoffs. It's very exciting that it's these two teams because they're both fan bases are so starved of success and everything. But I think Milwaukee is savvy in a way that Phoenix just hasn't been in the past outside of CP. And they're if the series does get gunked up in a you know in the a couple games in like the high 80s type of thing, then it could be. It could be the kind of thing where Phoenix's immaturity outside of Paul shows a little bit. Um, so I w- I'm definitely not ruling out Milwaukee. I think they're a good team. I think Drew is very good. They're just they're too good. Their starting lineup is too good to to rule it out. And if Phoenix's shooters stop hitting shots and they can figure out a way to neutralize that mid range, or that mid range goes from like, hey, these are the two best mid range shooters in the league, to like, ah, they're kind of cold right now. They can't be with it. And when it does go in, it's still just like two points on a fadeaway long two, like. It, it it could become a series. And Giannis is obviously still capable of being the best player. Um, so I'm not ruling him out, but I, I had I, I think I had the Suns to win something at some point in this playoffs. I won some money off of them. Um, and I, I've loved them all season. So I, I do think they're gonna win, but I'm not I'm not ruling out Milwaukee. You know, it's the offseason. We got a listener submit a jigsaw. So uh, I, I feel like we should do that. You know, we CJ, we gotta get the jigsaw loaded in for StreamYard, so next time we can uh, we can do the audio. I'm just ta- talking to CJ as he's not even on the screen. So this comes from Zach. Of course, the jigsaw is a horrible would you rather. Obviously, these are for the rest of your life. My curious choices. Thank you, Zach. Choice number one. Every time somebody says what's up to you in passing, you have to stop and actually tell them how you're doing and what's been going on in your life. Number two, for the rest of your life, every time someone goes for a high five, handshake, hug, or tries to dap you up, you have to purposefully do the wrong thing. Like when someone goes for a hug, you have to reach out for the handshake, et cetera, et cetera. What would you choose? Neither are great. Uh, It brings to mind Alyssa worked at Hollister for, I think, a day or two when she was in high school, and they make you say, sup to everyone. (laughs) There was like, you can't say like, hey, welcome to Hollister, sup. It's just like immediate, like, sup. That's <laughs> right away, sup, beginning and end. Um, so that makes me think of that. And if I actually answered like, what was sup, um, then that would take a lot of time. I'll probably, I'd probably go the second option and play it into like, a, I'm like a goofy guy and I don't know, I'm always awkward. Yeah, um, man, that is that is some real... That's shitty when that happens, though. When when someone goes for the hug and you go for the handshake, oh yeah, hug handshake just, and stuff. I'm not hugging strangers a ton, so it'd be like handshake into like a pound, and that becomes like <laughs> that's okay. Awful. That's a that's like a COVID thing. So we're we're fist bumping instead. Like it's I can I give I could make it work and hate myself for it, but like it's just added to the long list of reasons I would hate myself. So why not? Why not keep it going? At least I can move my time along rather than having to actually say, well, here's what's up. But the, just as a, a jump off of that, because it made me think of the worst, quickest job I've ever had. Have you ever had 
a job that only lasted a couple of days or no, like in your, your youth? Uh, no, I mean, a couple of writing jobs that were, that sucked that were like, we just bailed on, but, um, not like a real job. Like I, I, I helped finish basements with my uncle, uh, who is like very good at that kind of thing and who listens to the podcast, shout out uncle Ron. Um, and, uh, I'm not skilled at anything. Uh, although I did paint this wall, that's pretty cool. Oh, wow. Other walls. Um, and, uh, I cut both of my thumbs in, in like the span of a week, like sliced it, like blood everywhere as I was like uh. doing like drywall. And, uh, and so I think that only lasted like a week. And my uncle was like, you know, you don't need to come back. <laughs> You're probably good. Uh, which is the right call on his part. The, after I graduated college, I, I, I had sent tapes to, to be a radio DJ to probably 30 different stations and I didn't hear back. And after like three months, it was time to get a regular job. And I got a job at Blockbuster and boy, I, you know, I worked at a gas station. I worked at Wawa. Like, what'd you do this, at Wawa? Wait a second. So Wawa was my first job. I was not old enough to run the register or use the slicer. So much of my job was in the cold box and rearranging like the chips and the candy on the shelves and stuff mm -hmm. like that. They, my, my worst Wawa thing was we had this lunch rush that was crazy and they called me out to help. And as I'm cutting a sandwich, I was not used to working, making sandwiches. As I'm cutting the sandwich, I have my thumb under the sandwich sure. and slice right into it. Blood shoots out. Everyone sees it, demands a new sandwich. I went back into the cold I mean, box. reasonably so. They, I don't want any blood in my sandwich. That's not a bad demand. No, but my Wawa job was good. Blockbuster was fucking terrible, though. So boring that on the second day, I, I just left. I didn't say goodbye to anybody. I didn't quit. I just left and didn't come back. Uh, and then I, very soon after that, I got a radio job. So, uh, CJ, do we have any questions from you two? Or I'll give the call out one more time. We'll talk about this and then we'll get to it. Uh, one more call out for YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. If you have any questions, CJ, I'll get to them in a minute. This was found on Reddit and by user Injury Better. B-E-T-T-O-R, and CJ sent it to me. Liam Simmons liked a bunch of tweets uh, shitting on Joel Embiid, um, or two tweets. One, the tweet was, people killing Ben Simmons on this app, but don't recognize the team's star player and coach haven't even backed him in the postseason press conference. How can a guy have confidence in his game with this bullshit happening? And then the second one was, you don't want to play with this guy. It was Embiid. He ain't team. Any thoughts to – is Liam's the shooting Simmons? The shooting Liam's guy? the shooting coach that uh, they used instead of the other guy, which was revealed by your own, right? In that yes. Yeah. Article. Um, Liam is not the brother that I worked with. I feel like I should say that every single time. Uh, Sean was the brother I worked with. And, uh, and, uh, my thoughts are like, you know, Mar there's always going to be a Marcus Vick in the family. There's just, there's, you're never not going to have one in a, in a high level professional athlete family. And so, uh, I'm just not gonna, I don't, I don't give a fuck. Well, like yeah, all the I mean, tweets you want, bro, uh, yeah. whatever. It doesn't mean anything. I could understand somebody getting emotional about their, of course. their, their, their 
you know, this is one time I'll defend a Simmons uh, emotional about their, their, yeah. you know, what they don't have to that. be, they're not a public person really, although he's a little bit more liable as the shooting coach. That's shooting pretty rough. Coach. That's yeah. pretty rough title. That'd be like if I had a coach for like <laughs> building large houses, I was my building large houses coach. I'm he's doing a bad job. If that person is training me <laughs> right. to build large houses, I'm not doing it. Um, right. So that person would be bad. And so I could see why Liam especially would feel like, well, it's not my fault. It's actually other people's. Yeah, um, actually, Liam, I think maybe uh, I think you have a hand in this one. Yeah. Liam. So no, thanks. Before we get to the questions and uh, a couple of mailbag questions, the Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast brought to you by Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. Uh, I am away for a couple of days as I start my, my job in New York and I'm away from my dog also away from my wife who I love, but definitely missing my dog. My wife has sent me a couple of pictures of rebel on his big barker. Big barker is the only real dog bed on the market. If you care about your dog, I've said this a bunch of times, you adopt a dog to spoil him. You adopt a dog to give that dog a good life. The dog sleeps 16 or 18 hours a day. How could you possibly be giving that dog the best life without giving them something good to sleep on, something proven by PenVet that is good to sleep on, something engineered by experts so it's good to sleep on, something that will support your dog's joints and looks awesome. BigBarker.com slash Ricky. BigBarker.com slash Ricky. Get your Big Barker dog bed, your two process pup patches. Send us a picture of your dog on the Big Barker. We'll put them in the process pup gallery. It's important in dogs. Dogs are you know, they're animals. They, they develop arthritis as they age, uh, especially the bigger ones. The big barker helps, helps fight the symptoms of things like that, promotes enhanced energy and mobility levels in older dogs and reduces wear and tear in younger dogs. Again, bigbarker.com slash Ricky. If you love your dog, you'll get one 10 year warranty. The foam doesn't flatten or they replace it for free. One year at home trial and handmade in the USA. Big barker dog beds. CJ, we got any questions from the live stream? Yeah, we have one question uh, asked by two different people, Eddie mm. D and King Cygnus, mm. asked in the beginning of the show, Mike, since you were gone, thoughts on the Sixer CEO leaving? Mm. Oh, right. That's right. Scott O'Neill, no longer yeah. the team, resigning honorably, an honorable discharge from mm -hmm. his post as most important and best most powerful offer. and coolest and certainly most connected and handsome and best writer on the Sixers. And process, the Sixers guy order. that oversaw the process. Did it all. It. Really did it all. He both oversaw the process and knew exactly when the right time was to stop it and end it and then mm -hmm. go right to winning. Winning right. and straight to winning. And there was nothing weird happening in the meantime. None of that was his fault. He was fully unaware and not attached to the weirdness whatsoever. And I honestly, Scott, what a run it has been. As a fan of the Sixers, nothing makes me happier than looking at their valuation and how much mm -hmm. it has grown in the last few years. And I, when I see the team and I go like, it went from this much to this much, and that just instills a sense of pride and winning in me. Uh, it's great. It's huge. Um, and so thank you and, for that, Scott. And it was definitely all because of him. And not just because of owning an NBA team. It was definitely yeah. all because NBA yeah. teams, you know, go down all the time. Uh, yep. They're always, always lessening in value. 
all over the place. Uh, it's really hard um, to to get it to go up because they just so want to uh, make less money as, yep. as they have, you know, all all of the the whole force of the city at their back and various other things. And, you know, now marketable superstars, which obviously was because of Scott and also less important than Scott being there in general and all of Scott's writing and blogging. I think that was actually pretty, pretty big in making it in the marketing tour that Scott went on for the book while the Sixers were still playing in the playoffs. So that was cool. Um, all of it, I think was great. And I think the, the tweets are great. I think that the, uh, the stories about the basketball, uh, game that Scott engineered and uh, hired the refs to officiate a certain way so that he could uh, be the victor of those teams. And also he gets to draft the teams, which is the only team he's ever getting to draft because he's never going to be the head of personnel anywhere. Um, that I think is really cool. Also, I think it's all very good. I think he's very uh, talented at what he does and a very helpful person um, across the board entirely. And I will miss him. In my life uh, and on the Sixers and uh, whatever he does next, which will probably be some, honestly, like exactly what Sam Hickey is doing, which depresses me, yeah. um, then uh, then he's going to crush that and crush relationships and just constantly be like relationshiping all over the place. And I'm sure we're going to read about it in whatever various publications that Scott is paying people to write about it in. Uh, it's amazing. It's incredible. What a, what a long and storied career uh, for that smug little fucking asshole get <laughs> out leave go away forever well i will i i know this won't ease your mind at all i don't think he would do exactly what sam did but you're that besides the point i would like anyone who is listening to this and enjoyed that rant to listen to some of the things that your said on the last pod that he hadn't mentioned before things about busing employees down from Trenton to Camden because he promised a certain amount of employees would, uh, would be taxed in there to get the tax breaks. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, yeah, it's, I guess it is nice that he's like trying that he tried to be like, Hey, it's look how many women we promoted. It's such an inclusive workspace for women, but like when it's not true (laughs) and there are people being like, not really not like that. And everyone around him is like uh, either Scott's college roommate or like some version of a brother that looks exactly like him. Um, it's just like, it's just like, fuck off, man. Like I, maybe instead of trying to present yourself, like you're a good person, just actually like be one. Just actually like you, you're fucking fine. You have all the money in the world. You're fucking totally fine. Stop being such an asshole all the time. Uh, instead of just like trying to find ways to game the system, to make people think that you're not an asshole, just don't be an asshole. And that would make it better for everyone. <laughs> One more question, CJ. That's it. That's, uh, uh, yeah. that's all you got. That's okay. all we got. All right. <laughs> all right. Uh, one quick mailbag question because I, I teased it at the beginning uh, about Tobias. It, this is from Matt. All this talk so far about this offseason has been about trading away Ben Simmons for good reason, but no mention about trading away our other highly paid and underperforming near-max contract, Tobias Harris, who also fell apart in the second round against Atlanta. Since we've established that his contract is no longer the albatross it was thought to be earlier, should the Sixers be looking to sell high and trade Tobias? Wouldn't Harris for McCollum actually work better for both the Sixers and the Blazers? This seems like one of those instances where we would have a second chance of getting out of a bad deal here. Uh, I don't know any reason why the 
the Blazers would trade CJ McCollum for Tobias Harris, to be honest with you. I, oh, like I, I do. I no. I think that I think that there's a, definitely an argument to made that Tobias is a better player, especially in the playoffs. He's a better defensive player. Wait, um, how is he a better player in the playoffs? I think he's a better defensive player. I think you, you, you can put him on more guys. I think CJ is very exposable. I think that the Dame and CJ pairing has sort of just run its course. I think just having both of those guards that are limited on one end and do similar stuff on the offensive end. Obviously, Dame does it at a higher level, and CJ doesn't. CJ also doesn't get fouled in a way that Tobias doesn't get fouled, and he doesn't create for others in a way that Tobias also doesn't really create for others. CJ is a better shooter. He's a better, like, more capable of getting his own jump shot. But Tobias is better at getting to the rim. Um, and I do think I, I defensively, think so. I think I think I think, I, think he is. I mean, certainly not creatively, but just like through strength and straight line drives, I think he is uh, more capable of 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 doing that kind of thing. Um, and CJ just hasn't had a ton of playoff success. Neither Tobias. I'm not saying Tobias is like excellent and, and they'd be like lucky to do it, but I could see why they would say, Hey, we just, this is run its course. Let's, let's try something else. If they believe in Carmelo as a somewhat relevant part of this season, then obviously Tobias Carmelo does not, does not work. But um, if they want to try something else, I could see why they would do it. Um, and I could see why the Sixers would, would want to do that and, and allow, you know, allow Ben to to not have to do so much creation and 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 not and Ben Tobias and Bede right now I think we've just gotten to the point even 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 if Ben didn't have uh, the catastrophic offensive uh series against the Hawks I do think that like Ben Tobias and Bede spacing wise quickness of shooting wise uh ability to get their own shot and play together in like big meaningful games i think it's kind of just run its course and so i think trading either ben or tobias for a guard that can pull up from wherever and is has a real willingness to um get off like 10 threes a game you'd have it's not like cj for tobias would would solve all the sixers problems but it's an interesting trade uh, that I think that they, they should consider. And I think both teams should certainly like go down the road with it. I don't think either team would or should dis- dismiss it out of hand. Uh, I don't think Tobias's value is like that. I think there's a solid chance Tobias does get traded somehow, but I, I just, I don't, I, I do agree with you. The, the Ben Tobias and beat thing is just in 2021, your top three offensive options can't average a total of like five, three attempts a game. Just doesn't yeah. work. Like yeah, and that's sometimes on the high end of things for sure. Yeah. I think, and I think, I think Ben without Tobias would be better as a, just a straight up four, and I think Tobias without Ben would certainly be better as a straight up four. Obviously, you have to replace either of those guys with a ball handler who can also shoot shoot from the outside and yeah. and, and can create. But I think just allowing that, allowing there to be more spacing. Obviously, this year's Sixers was there was far more spacing than last year's Sixers, so it's it looked better because it was. But it's still not enough, and you and no. you look how how spaced the floor it is for Phoenix, and how how well they fill lanes and move and everything like that. And it's just like you just you start to realize that the Sixers as a unit fell in love with like just overwhelming people with size and and length, but they're still not outside of Embiid in the half court. They don't use it on people. They just don't use their size to impose their will on on everybody else. And so they can get bullied out of their spots and they're also not quick enough in the half court to make them to, to, you know, make them pay for being covered by bigger guys. So it's, it's, it's kind of, it ended up in, in games that matter and series that matter. It ended up being the worst of both worlds. 
Yeah, and in in half court, they were still mid pack in the NBA, and as yeah. far as half court offense. Um, and and finally, from Mark, with all the Ben Simmons trade talk, he he sent us some previously rumored Ben Simmons trades and asked if you could have done any of them, which one would they have been? So 2018 was Ben Simmons and filler for Kawhi, obviously. 2019, well, but you have to you have to pick one and only one. Huh. 2019. Ben Simmons and filler, let's say, for Jamal Murray. 2020, Ben Simmons and filler for James Harden. I don't think in 2019 it would have been Ben and filler. I think it would have been Ben for Jamal, probably. Okay. Um, uh, 2020, Ben and a lot of filler for James Harden. And let's say 2020, Ben and uh, let's say no filler for Chris Paul. So prior to the the season, you're saying? Yes. Prior to being traded to Phoenix. Yep, yep. I don't think Chris wanted to play for Doc. Uh, so that is a factor. No. Um, I think the, I think the honest answer is, uh, Harden. Um, yeah, I, I think in 2018, knowing Kawhi wanted to go somewhere else and that Ben had only, that was only Ben's second season. Um, it would have been tough to, to pull the trigger on that. Uh, Jamal Murray in after 2019 has elevated his game, but I think is still not on the level of, like top 10 player in the league. Um, and he has flashes of him being incredible, but he's not as consistent. He's not, uh, he's not as good of a, or as consistent of a three point shooter as you would expect from like the way it looks, maybe it'll get there, but it, it hasn't been. Um, and still a guy that has worked, works defensively, but isn't great. Um, Chris Paul, the doc thing, and also is old. So I think Harden is the, is the move there. Not that it would have been perfect either. If he didn't want to be here, if he didn't want to, if he would have, you know, it seems like Harden, Harden, Kyrie Irving is Harden, Kyrie Durant is like enough, enough chaos that they kind of neutralize themselves. Like they're all like kind of worried about like, well, that guy's gonna like t- pop off if I don't start acting up, and like the other guy's like, oh, that guy's gonna do whatever he wants if I don't start acting. So I think it, they kind of because they want to be there and they like playing with each other for now. I think it actually works. It might not have worked with Harden here. Who knows? But I think that's probably the honest answer is waiting a couple years to trade Simmons until we knew that like. There's a little bit more of a ceiling than we had hoped, um, and but not going uh, Chris Paul because of the doc yeah. thing and, and the age thing. Yeah, I go I go Harden one and Kawhi too. The thing about the Kawhi thing is that he also doesn't go to the Raptors, which makes it like yeah, you don't have to face Kawhi. You know, yeah, so. totally different, totally different world. Yeah. All right, uh, we will talk to you this weekend. Maybe we'll get into some draft stuff so we can actually. Uh, Maybe I'll start watching some YouTube and I can ask you who Kate Cunningham is um, because I would I would like to know. So uh, we will talk to you this weekend. Are you down with TTP? Yes. You will know Lickface forever. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! Thanks for playing.